This is the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today we are going to focus on the limitations of standardized tests in diagnosing reading difficulties. Now, standardized tests are often used as the sole tool for identifying students with reading difficulties and diagnosing reading problems. They have limitations. This podcast is an excerpt from my upcoming book, Designing Meeting-Based Interventions for Reading, published by Guilford Press. It will be out sometime fall 2020. So, a thought experiment for you. What would happen if standardized tests were suddenly banned from all schools? Poof! How would education change? Would teachers' daily instruction be different? Would teachers still be able to teach? Would students learn? How would we know if learning had occurred? How would we know which schools were the best ones? How would we know which schools were underperforming? How would we know anything? Would education as we know it cease to exist? Would the educational world suddenly implode from lack of data? Would there be economic chaos? Would there be massive waves of identity crises among the student population because they no longer had numbers attached to them? Settle down. Let us start by defining our terms. A standardized test is any published test in which there are mandatory instructions for administering and scoring. It is standardized so that all the testing variables are the same. These are usually, but not always, norm-referenced. A norm-referenced test compares students to a, quote, normal, unquote, population. This means that all the scores are put together and distributed along the familiar bell-shaped curve. Average is established with half the population above and the other half below. This is called average. The term standardized test is used in this podcast to indicate standardized tests that are norm-referenced. Standardized tests are good for comparing students' performances to other students in order to determine how far away from average they are. They can be used as one indication that there might be reading problems. However, they do not tell you exactly what the reading problems are. They are often inadequate for diagnosing the cause of reading difficulties. Now, standardized tests are one tool among many important tools used to evaluate, assess, and document learning. One tool. And like any tool, their effectiveness is determined by how they are used. For reading, a misuse of this standardized testing tool would be to use them as the sole means of, one, determining students' placement in a program, Two, identifying strengths and weaknesses. Three, measuring students' progress. Four, evaluating teachers' programs or methods. Or five, diagnosing the cause of a reading disability. An effective use of standardized tests would be to indicate which students might be struggling with reading and need further diagnosis. Now, standardized tests can be helpful in certain situations and used for specific purposes, but they are misused 
and overused in most schools today. And there are three reasons for this. First, why they are misused and overused? They are quick and easy to use. Their use does not have to be carefully planned. Data does not have to be carefully considered. Environment, social, cultural background, social economic status, individual variables, and context can be ignored. And standardized tests do not even have to be linked to a classroom to classroom instruction. Instead, you just open the package, read the directions, and administer. Much like putting a can of soup in the microwave oven. They can also be simultaneously given to large groups of students, and all the data can be collected in a single setting. There they are, simple, quick, and easy to use. The second reason why they are used and overused and misused Psychometricians, educational psychologists, and the companies that publish standardized tests have convinced people that learning can be quantified and that the numbers generated on these standardized tests mean much more than they do. They promote the false idea that large numbers mean more learning and more effective teaching, while low numbers mean less learning and less effective teaching. Students are then sorted into high-number groups and low-number groups. The third reason why they are often misused, overused, or used at all, standardized tests serve to further disempower teachers. The only way that the educational industrial complex can maintain its hold on the educational system is if classroom teachers are not able to make the decisions that are best for their students. It is not the test, not the teacher that controls what is taught, or I'm sorry, it's the test, not the teacher, that controls what is taught and how it is taught. Disempowered teachers are not able to use their creativity and intelligence to design innovative learning experiences. They must instead implement the commercial programs with fidelity and then measure students as directed by entities outside their classroom who know nothing about their students. So let's take a look at the limitations of a standardized tests. Some of them are number one, a narrow range of skills. Standardized tests for reading measure a very narrow range of reading subskills. It's not possible to measure all the aspects of being literate in a single setting. They cannot possibly capture or describe the processes used to create meaning with print. Also, there is no room in these standardized tests for teacher observation or insight. They do not account for motivation, sociocultural background, and other important contextual factors. And they focus on decontextualized reading subskills. As such, they are blunt instruments at best that provide a very rough estimate of students' possible literacy abilities or potential. Number two, they become the curriculum. This was alluded to above, but since scores on these standardized tests are often misused to identify achieving, quote, and underperforming schools, sometimes even effective and ineffective teachers, there's a natural tendency to teach to the test. As such, they become the curriculum. 
This means that psychometricians, far removed from the individual students and the actual teaching situations, are making the important decisions about what is taught in any given classroom. The experience, expertise, and insights of teachers are discounted. As such, less time is spent engaged in authentic literacy experiences or activities because they can't be quantified. Also, little time is spent having students engaged in thoughtful conversation and social interaction based on high-quality books. As well, high-level cognitive processes related to thoughtful literacy are ignored. Instead, the focus is put on the kinds of low-level skills that can be measured on the test. The third limitation of standardized tests Practitioners' knowledge is excluded. Teachers' observations, insights, ways of knowing, and more authentic assessment methods are delegitimatized and ultimately ignored. Instead, sterilized, for-profit, number-generating corporations have been elevated as the epistemologically privileged way of knowing, epistemological, that means the nature of knowledge. Big word, I have a hard time getting it out sometimes when I get excited. The fourth <laughs> limitation of standardized tests, they're expensive in terms of time, money, and emotional capital. Imagine, instead, if resources were spent instead of spending on standardized tests, were spent on two things that actually could enhance students' ability to read. The first would be good books. The second would be teacher professional development. The teacher is the most significant variable in determining the quality of education and the amount of learning that occurs in any given classroom. Teachers, like other professionals, such as dentists, nurses, social workers, doctors, engineers, and computer technicians, need significant and continued professional development in order to develop expertise and to stay abreast of the field that is continually changing and evolving. The fifth limitation of standardized tests is validity. There should always be questions related to validity of any single quantitative score or set of scores derived in a single setting. These scores on standardized tests do not accurately portray the type of literacy used by real human beings in the real world. They do not reflect the processes used to create meaning with print by real humans in the real world Outside the confines of a school environment, most people have never had to read a paragraph and select the correct bubble to fill in. Also, most people have never been asked to read a list of nonsense words or single words outside a meaningful context like they are on standardized tests related to literacy. The sixth limitation of standardized tests, they do not account for context. The results from any standardized test event cannot be fully outside the sociocultural context in which it was given and without considering students' motivation and emotional states. Thus, 
to fully understand students' ability to create meaning with print, reading, standardized tests must always be supplemented with data gleaned from other sources, such as interviews, surveys, think aloud protocols, miscue analysis, portfolios, reading logs, response journals, anecdotal records, observations, and story retelling. Seven, limitation of standardized tests. They take the focus away from good teaching. How do we know if students are learning? A more appropriate question to ask is, how do we know if teachers are teaching? Are teachers using research-based or theory-based strategies? Are they creating the conditions whereby students are actively engaged? Are they responding to the needs and interests of the students whom they teach? Standardized tests do not get to these things. If more emphasis was placed on effective teaching and less on measuring, there would be more effective teaching and more learning. But more important, students would actually be learning. This again points to the importance of continued and significant teacher professional development. If we know teachers are using a variety of evidence-based strategies appropriately, and not with fidelity, and students are actively engaged, learning will occur. The eighth limitation of standardized tests is the so what effect. So what? When I review IEPs related to reading, I often see a variety of scores from standardized tests. So what? I ask. So what do you do with that data? Based on the data, what exactly should be done on Monday morning? Knowing that somebody is in the 10th percentile on some score of some reading subskill, what exactly do you do? Standardized tests are not useful in planning for instruction of individual students. They do little to inform teaching, especially for struggling readers and writers. And the ninth and last limitation, they do not adequately diagnose, diagnose the cause of a reading difficulty. For this, you need some form of a qualitative reading inventory or informal reading inventory or diagnostic reading assessment of some sort. So, a story about validity. Little sidetrack, but not too much. Once upon a time, I was working in a special education resource room with students who were reading at beginning levels. Now, before I began working with them in the fall, I administered an informal reading inventory as a diagnostic to get a sense of their reading levels. For the next several months then, daily instruction included language experience activities, close activities, writing and word building activities, short passage fluency, and reading practice. For reading practice, we used books that students liked. Imagine that. These books had interesting topics with lots of pictures, color, they had appropriate sentence-to-picture ratios, and students could successfully read them. This means they're at the independent level or below. Also, students were given choices about what books they wanted to read. Now, observations and progress monitoring measures indicated that we seem to be making good progress with these students. 
They were enjoying reading. They were reading more fluently, reading for meaning instead of sounding out words, and talking about the books they read. In short, these students had become readers. So, after three months, I decided to quantify what I was seeing. Individually, I pulled students out of the environment we had used for reading and writing and took them into a larger room with fewer distractions. For the informal reading inventory, I plopped down a page in front of them that consisted of just text, black and white, with no pictures or color. Then I asked them to perform for me. Read this, I said. Now what's wrong with this picture? I could tell by their nonverbals, nonverbals, something that would not show up on a standardized test, that these students did not want to be there. I had pulled them from an environment in which they felt comfortable, where their friends and teacher were. I asked them to do something that was not fun. The text used in this assessment had no color, no pictures, and were of no interest to them. They were just words printed on a black and white page. Students were not able to use picture clues like we had taught them to do to help them create meaning. And I became another testing person, making them do things to show what they could not do. Seeing the negative reactions from the first three students, I shut this process down immediately. The results were disastrous. These students seemed to have become worse readers after all our hard work together. After a little thinking, I reassessed my assessment. I needed to make a change. Instead of using the commercially prepared informal reading inventories, I decided to do miscue analysis with the books we had been using for reading in class for the last three months. I recorded them reading these books in the classroom where they were taught. I also created story retelling charts based on these books to assess comprehension. And when I was, quote, testing, unquote, them, I gave them a choice of two books to read. I said, do you want to read this book or that book? That was only a choice between two books, but it was a choice very much like they were used to making. Poof! My readers magically appeared. I saw an increase in meaningful miscues and self-corrections when compared with the IRI passages we had used for their diagnosis and baseline at the beginning of the year. This told me that students were reading for meaning and improvements were being made in their metacognitive abilities. The scores on the story retelling charts showed that students were doing a better job of creating meaning with what they read versus sounding out words. Also, the reading fluency and prosody that I observed during instructional sessions returned. Now, these improvements could have been due to the intervention used, the type of material used for assessment, maturation, and an increased engagement with authentic literacy experiences, or a combination of all these. But the fact was they are making important steps in their literacy journal. Uh, literacy journey. So, to end, three big, big ideas you might take from this podcast. One, standardized testing can be a useful tool if used appropriately. This means that they are not the sole tool used to measure or assess or describe anything. 
Instead, multiple types of measures should be used to fully understand learners. These include measures that incorporate or utilize practitioners' knowledge, experience, and expertise.